looky here, looky here, looky here. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. My name is Latasha Martin. And if this is the first time you see me on live stream, I do a morning message with practical application of the gospel. I am so excited to see those who are here. Good morning, Idolin. I got your text message, but I was out doing the walk in the darkness. I said, one day I'm going to show you what we look like. We look so funny. We got the little lights going everywhere. It's just craziness. But anyways, so I did get your text message. I'm going to respond after the morning message. I also wanted to make a public service announcement one more time about the Get Naked with God challenge. Um, there were about 10 people, uh, nine women, one man who have purchased the book, Get Naked with God. And so if I will actually, um, I'm going to be reaching out to you sometime today to let you know that the formal challenge will be getting started um, in the first week of November. And so I'll send you some information on that. If I'm talking right now and you're like, what the heck is she even talking about? I don't know. I will put the link inside of this uh, inside of this message area so that you guys can uh, go there. Uh-oh, let me find the right link. This is what I'm talking about. See, now this part, I use so many softwares. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna find it right now. I'm gonna put it over in the comment section. So if you do want to do, go ahead and still register for it, there is no fee to join the Get Naked With God Challenge, but there are some resources that you can invest in if you're interested. No pressure, but I am gonna start it formally next week. So I'm gonna start communicating with people just to give you some instructions on what do you need to do to be successful in this. So let me go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Then we're gonna jump into it. We're gonna be coming out of different passages today. And the topic for today is, use what you have. So if you want to share, tag, and like this, that would be awesome. And let's go ahead and get in it. Let's go ahead and get started with it. So Lord, dear God, thank you so much for giving us this day. Um, this is the day that we know that you have made, and we want to make sure that you are glorified in the midst of it, all through it, and in every part of it. And so Lord, today, as we begin going into this, what do we have or use what we have? I pray that this message encourages that person that feels like they're just not prepared for all that you want to do with them and through them. They think that what they have is not enough. They don't think that there's room for their gifting. And so dear God, I'm praying that this message will encourage them to know that they have just enough. They have more than enough if they will trust you and have bold faith and behave like they believe. And so God, I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak again in front of this audience. I am honored and I feel privileged to do so. And I thank you for everything that you're doing um, in my life and that you will continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, has anyone ever heard this before? And maybe you didn't even know it was a scripture. <laughs> today I'm trying to look, wait, I'm trying to be fancy pants today. So there is a scripture in Proverbs 18 and 16, and this is what it says. It says, your gifting will make room for you. It says a man, and in the King James Version, it says, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And I think that the second part of this text is so critical when it says, a man's gift makes room for him and bringeth him before great men. Because if you only see the one side of it saying that my gift will make room for me, good morning, Janine, it could leave you and say, okay, well, maybe my gift will make room for me, but how do I experience the favor of the Lord? Because some of us have been giving us given assignments or we see visions about where we think we should be and how we should be using our gifts and our talents and abilities, and we don't feel equipped. And people have said to you, listen, I know people have said to me, actually, Elder Melvin 
who sometimes listens in, this is something that he would say, and my mom shared with me that he would say this often, is that your gift will make room for you. The problem is sometimes we don't realize the opportunity in which God wants to use our gifting. And we are striving and stretching and trying to get and have things developed and molded in us when we don't realize that it says, what is, what's that other cliche that people say? Now, this isn't a scripture, but it says blossom where you're planted. And I think that's just another way of saying that your gift will make room for you and will bring you in front of great men. And again, when it uses that pronoun of man, it could be interchangeably. So for men or for women, you know, a woman's gift or your gift will make room for you and bringeth you before great people. And I don't know if this has ever happened, but I know this has been happening to me more frequently now that I've been intentional on my mission, which is it is the Get Naked With God challenge, but really it is a Get Naked With God movement, which is all about intimacy and being authentically who God created and designed you to be. It feels like there are more opportunities for me because I'm so clear and my response in situations and my reaction to scenarios are not what they would have been before I had this level of clarity and confidence in his purpose from my life. But what I do want to tell you is we can hear these things and we could say, okay, I could do that. And this title was going to be called what's in your wallet. Remember that? I think it's capital one who says what's in your wallet or one of those commercials says what's in your wallet, because I think it's fine to know that my gift will make room for me. But what does that mean? And how can you apply that to your life? Those are the big questions that come into my mind. And maybe they're the big questions that come into your mind. Give me a number one. If those questions come into your mind, like, okay, you're saying my gift makes room for me, but what does that mean? Give me a number one. If you're late, I ask myself, what does that mean? Well, the first thing we need to understand is that there's a responsibility with the gifts that you have, like what God has already anointed and created, because if we, we can't believe that he had a plan for me before I was formed in my mother's womb and he has a plan to see me prosper and not to be destroyed. We can't believe those things and think that we're not equipped for the assignment. We just can't believe that. But sometimes we behave like, well, maybe he's just like, is is. I think I know, or we don't even know, this is even better. We don't even realize that something that we have as a gifting is even a gift. Ooh, 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 good morning, Shannon. Uh-oh, we don't even realize something that we do is even a gift. Which means if, if this Proverbs is saying a man's gift will make room for you, you don't even realize that what you have is a gift. So one of the things that you have to start to evaluate and to say to God is show me. Show me what it is that you're saying is my gift. And it's not about taking those tests. It literally could be a simple question of asking people and observing, like, what is it that people say I'm good at? If they don't say I'm good at it, what are the assignments that I always get? Now, there is a difference. Let me put my disclaimer out. Some people get work piled on them just because you don't know how to say no. That's different on you raising your hand for things that you know you're good at. So if it's technology, I raise my hand. If it's writing, I shrink and go in a corner. Can I write if I needed to and focus, but I don't want to. Because that I always tell people that is not my gifting. That is not my anointing. That is not my ministry. So I don't need God making room for me <laughs> with writing or, or, or spelling or grammatical correctness. And some of you might be amazing writers. It just naturally comes to you that you are always saying that sentence is not right. You use too many words. You use too many comments. You use too many whatever. 
And that's a gift and you don't even realize it's a gift. And so you're like not even understanding when the opportunities are being presented to you that it is an opportunity for you to use your gifting. I am so thrilled for Janine. She's like doing a lot of things right now. And for those who don't know, she's a retired teacher. And it's funny to me because now I see what she's doing at her church and I see the things that she's doing, even to support some of the stuff that I do with the church. And I'm like, look at how God is using a gift that you have been developing for so many years in such a different capacity. And you may not even realize that what you did occupationally as a teacher could be used for so many kingdom things to have such a huge impact because maybe writing a lesson plan for her is no big deal. But writing a lesson plan for me, I can do it. But let me be honest. If I could just say, th this is what I miss about Shannon working for me. I used to be able to sit there and be like, Shannon, <laughs> this is the idea. And she is quick to make an Excel spreadsheet or a Word doc because that's just what she does. And what I had to say to Shannon is, and that's a gift. That's why we work so well together, even when we're volunteering and serving, because she's going to make sure that there's a process, a standard operating procedure. And I'm going to make sure that it looks pretty and that strategically it goes together. <laughs> and that's how we work together. When I think about connect, collaborate, create. I love that. Shannon is even saying like in connect, like my dream for this group in connect, collaborate, create specifically. So if you're watching outside of the group, I would encourage you to join my dream for this space is how do you connect with different people so you see the value in the body of Christ? And you're working together in the areas that make you stronger when you're together. But the second piece of this is, is that there's a responsibility of the gift. So one, you may not realize what your gift is. So you didn't realize that God is making room for it because you don't even see it as a gift. But next thing is, is that if you do know your gifting, there's a responsibility for those. First Timothy 4.14 says, do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of the elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in this matter. You give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Now, this is the important verse right here. Oh my gosh, I actually had this one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get, okay, here we go. First Timothy. The 16th verse is critical. And so I'm going to read it slow and probably two or three times. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve them. No, persevere. See, I can't even read. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Hear this again. First Timothy, the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, it says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and the hearer. How many times have I said in this message, sometimes your obedience to your gifting and servitude and love is the only Bible scripture thing that somebody will experience or see or read. It is through your obedience and your gifting, because if it's your gifting, then you enjoy doing it. Time passes by. You don't even realize that you're doing it because you don't despise it. And if you do it with the joy of the Lord, it attracts people because they're like, oh, my gosh, that person is so good with that. And I struggle with that. And I love how they do that. And it is your gifting. But there's a responsibility with it because it says do not neglect your gift. And so often this is what happens. If you don't perceive your gift as something that people publicly celebrate, 
often we don't even see it as a gift. We don't value the gift and we can't even neglect the gift. And as we neglect the gift, then what happens is, is we're going through the emotions and doing things that people want us to do that they say we're designed for. And you know that, listen, when people tell me, oh, Latasha, you would be good at, I know myself well enough to know how to say yes and no nicely, but firmly. But I didn't always know that because I was a people pleaser. And so I was like, I felt like it was my job to save the world, whether I knew how to do it or don't. And what God has been showing me lately is sometimes it's my job to serve and not save. Uh-oh, serve and not save. Support and not save. And it looks different. And God really had to show me yesterday. I kind of chuckled. I chuckled about how I did irresponsible, generous giving. You And I know I'll say if you keep giving that you, you, you your resources won't run out. And my resources don't run out when I'm generous. But God had to show me that there's a responsibility with those resources. And so in order for me to not neglect my gift, I had to tune in and say, well, God, what am I really good at? Speak, teach, serve and give when it comes to people problems. If it comes to career navigation, if it comes to structurally, how do you do process maps? Like those are my things. Those are my jams. <laughs> That's if I had to say them. But you come to me talking about, I don't know. As much as I love reading the Bible, if somebody came to me and said, what are the hermeneutics around the ego, lugga, lugga, whatever, using all kinds of Greek translation to the Hebrew translation to the whatever. I don't know all of that stuff. That's not my gifting right now. Could I study it? Yes. But I know there is somebody in Connect, Collaborate, Create, specifically Annie Swigert, who's my mama, who is an expert in that. She's My mother got so many Bibles. <laughs> my mother... <laughs> One day I went to my mother's house. Not only does she have tons of reading that she does, now she's getting a whole nother level. She got all these magnifying glasses. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? She's like, people keep giving them to me because they know I like to read. I'm like, really? And she does. She loves the word. My mom is a constant learner. That's why she could tell you all that stuff that I don't need. And, and, and what I'm saying is, could I spend my efforts there? Yes. Or could I just connect with the source who could lead me to the place that I know is biblically true because then I could read the word for myself? But we didn't always have Google. We had people. And the Google may not always be right. So again, don't neglect your gift because there's a responsibility. And what I also learned is sometimes we shrink and we feel uncomfortable raising our hands when we're asked to do something or we're in a room and we know we're good in that. And we don't want to raise our hand and say, I'll do it because the world has maybe told us it's not cool to raise your hand and say, I'm good at that. And what I'm saying is that contradicts the word of God. It says, do not neglect your gift. Do not neglect your gift. And then the final passage, which really was supposed to be the key verse that I want to summarize on, is then once we understand that our gifts will make room for us or a man's gifts will make room for them and bring you in front of great people, once we recognize that we're not to neglect our gifts, that there's a responsibility with them, then we need to have a level of, and in the subtitle inside of the text, it says watchfulness. And it comes out of the book of Luke in the 12th chapter. And it starts at the first verse and it says, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Like men waiting for their master to return home from the wedding banquet so that, that when he comes and knocks, 
they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth. He will dress himself to serve and he will have he will then have them recline at the table and come and wait on him. And when I was reading this passage right here, I will use the cliche and you'll hear people say it that success means opportunity ready being preparation. Success happens when people are prepared for the opportunities. And it's the same thing, I believe, when we have these opportunities to serve and to have our father be glorified. And the context of this is talking about being ready for when the master comes. But what it's also saying is that, like, we need to be acting each day as if Jesus was going to return, like, right now. We can't keep delaying our ministry and our calls and our purpose for tomorrow. There are active things, intentional things we should do every day in our gifting that God is glorified and that we show ourselves being prepared. And for those who live their lives in compartments where they're like, well, you know, I'm at work and I do this. And then I'm at church. I do this. And then when I'm with my family, I do this. And when I'm in this environment, I do that. It makes sense logically. But the core essence of who you are and how you can use your gift, talent, ability is you can use them in all those different realms. The wisdom with the Holy Spirit is how do you discern what that looks like in each of these different opportunities? And so why is she saying that? Because as you scroll down to the 47th verse, I think that's the one that I was supposed to summarize on. It says the servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not know what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows for everyone who has been giving much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. And so what does the text mean? Not only are we to be ready, but we also need to understand that for some of us, the reason we're not walking into the fullness of our blessing is because there is a requirement and to much that's given, much is expected. And God is a good God who is patient with us. He doesn't start us out with the complex Lego projects. He starts us out with little steps, moving us towards bigger things and our obedience. So as you become more responsible or a good steward over your gift, let's just say that you feel like you only have one gift, which I want to challenge that we all have more than one gift. I know that it talks, there's a parable about the one talent and the five talent and what happened, blah, 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 blah. but even they ain't do nothing with it. And the mess was mad. Not good. Not good. That was not good. That was not good. And so if you feel like you only have one skill, let's just say you only have one gift. Then what I want you to do is I want you to take that gift and just stand in that gift and be excited about it. And this is then go deep in that gift. So let's just say you think, okay, my gift is I'm an encourager. Well, are you encouraging everywhere you can? I know one area that God did chasing me on this week is if I'm really supposed to be doing this, get naked with God, then how did I get sidetracked on all these side projects? Like I was supposed to be doing more advertisement. Yes, I come on here every day and yes, I'm doing other things, but there are other things that fundamentally in the background that I should be doing to have prepared for next week. 
And so for those who have your book, even if you don't have your book, the book is not a requirement of signing up. It's a good thing to have. You can get a digital copy on Amazon or you can order a paperback copy. It's a good thing because it helps you with the mindset stuff before we jump into the challenge itself with the day-by-day aggressive things. But I do want to tell you that like, you need to be doing that stuff that you feel like you're called to all the time. Every single day, you should be doing something, going towards the thing that God has glorified in your obedience. That is how your gift makes room for you. And then God will even send like rams in the bush when you're not expecting because you're doing the thing that you're called to do. When I tell you right now, it is hard to catch me. And I was just telling my sister-in-law on our walk this morning, I'm like, if somebody calls me and once I know they're okay, they go into the droom and bloom, I get off that phone like it is a virus. Because I'm like, you're not going to bring me down. Satan, you're not going to bring me down. That's not even a song. But Shannon, you should write a song about it. <laughs> you're not going to bring me down. I got too much work to do. Too much work to do. And I want God to help me be in a place where my gift can be make room for me and I can be in front of great people. And I want to make sure that I understand that I don't want to neglect my gift. So if my gifting is to speak, teach, serve, and give, I want to do it as often as possible. And then I also want to understand that what much is given, much is required. So when I come on here in front of you guys, I have to study. I need to make sure that my mind is fresh. I cannot be derailed by foolery. I have to stay fixed on what my assignment is. So I can be the best version of who God created me to be. And the fullness and be, ex- well, I'm excited. I'm excited a lot. Maybe I, no, I ain't gonna calm down. That's how God made me. He made me to be excited. Did God make anybody else <laughs> to be excited? Go be like, hey, if God made you to be excited. But we need to get excited about the things that God have called us to. And it doesn't matter if nobody sees you. God sees you and he is pleased. My big mom taught me how to crochet. Yeah, I probably don't know I know how to crochet or so because it doesn't seem like something like that. Now, let me be clear. I do not follow patterns. So some of my stuff may look a little like whatever. I'm real creative on the sewing machine and the crochet stuff. And people are like, you don't count? No, I do not. Like, I just be making these things and my family even gets funny. They're like, oh my goodness, did, did you start making your stuff for the wintertime? No, I did not. But you can believe I'm going to get my fleece so I can get some bright hats for me and my sister-in-law. She's like, you are really preparing for the winter. I am. Because I know snow is coming. I saw it in the forecast. We're going to be walking in this winter. We got shoe stuff, more lights, warm gear. And I'm excited. And you should be excited about what God has called you to. But I know there are people who knit. Now, I can't do the knitting because I think with knitting you need. Actually, I just haven't put my brain into focus. I can crochet, but I can't knit. And I always look at knitters. I'm like, wow, they like count stuff. And they like have all these fancy pants of different needles. People who are serious knitters and crocheters have like bags with wheels on them. And they get all into it. And I love that. And I'm like, but that's not my gifting. That's what they're good at. And you may never realize the difference between two knitters in the room, that one is counting patterns and one is not, because the outcome seems the same. But I'm going to tell you that there is value in the things that we don't see. There is value. The church couldn't function. The world couldn't function without the people whose names we would never know, because those are the ones really doing the hard work. It was, a, it was like a video spoof yesterday on something, and they were talking about one of the most important jobs is the person who monitors the, uh, the teleprompter. And 
never even thought about that being a job. Did anybody else think of that about being a job that the people who do the teleprompter for the president, like how critical that job is or any TV show, the person that takes the script and runs the teleprompter, like that is a critical job. You will never, you may never know the name of that person. What people don't know is they think comedians are doing these things on their own. You know, the reality is, is that a lot of people, when they get to a certain level, they have writing teams. It's not even just one person. There is a team of people who are writing jokes or writing songs or writing. One of the things I didn't even know was a job until I was working at my last job. There are speech writers. When you see these executives that go out there and seem like they know so much, they have speech writers that interview them who have the talent and the gifting and the ability to learn how to write a speech and the person that's presenting his voice. Do you know how hard that job is? If you're supporting three or four executives, you have to write a speech in their voice and translate their experiences to then either put it on however they want it on documents or on the teleprompter so that they can show up in excellence. You'll never know the speechwriters' names. You may never know the people who do the hard work that you don't see. So don't neglect your gift just because the world may not see it because they're still benefiting from it. And what we want to close on and what we want to close on is, again, I like that second tap, that second verse that comes out of First Timothy. The importance of us following this stuff and using what we have right now is because in First Timothy 1, First Timothy, the fourth chapter in that 16th verse, watch your life and your doctrine closely persevere them in them because if you do not if you do you save yourself and you save others recognize that your ability to be obedient and use what your what you have is such is so much bigger than what you think it is it's so much bigger than what you think it is it's so much bigger than what you think it is and every single person hearing this message today is special God created you for a specific assignment. Even if you have the same title as somebody else, God created you uniquely. And the thing that is so cool about God is even though he created you uniquely, we are all made in the image of God. Imagine how awesome that is. So we're created uniquely, but we're made in the image of God. Try to chew on that for just a while. Like that is such a mind-blowing theory. Like it's not a chameleon because we are made in the image. So when we see everything about us, God loves it. Every stretch mark, every blemish, everything that we hate, he loves. And this is, oh my gosh, and I forgot to say this statement. Yesterday I was sharing and I can't go into details, but this is what I know about you doing these things with your gifting too is that your ability to be obedient and transparent, not with everybody on everything, but do you realize that somebody can get blessed by your mistake? They can be blessed by your mess up. I just got a praise report when I shared a testimony with a close friend yesterday and she was crying with joy because I was telling her a mistake that I know I made about being anxious that I had never shared with her for years. And she said, I was blessed and I held on to that. And that blessing that she got on my mistake by me not being ashamed to say that what I'm here to speak, teach, serve, and give, 
I was teaching her and telling her about not being anxious. And I was transparent with it in the way that God directed me in that conversation. And then God was glorified in me sharing that. There is a blessing in that. Listen, I love y'all so much. I hope that y'all use what you have. Don't be ashamed of your gifting, no matter what it is. You might say to yourself, why do I like to count rice? I know, sounds crazy. And I'm gonna tell you that there is a gifting for that level of detail in the body of king, the kingdom of Christ. There is for the person who likes to count rice. For the person that just loves to look in the world and they see beautiful things. She says, what a surprise, no pattern. <laughs> That's funny, Idolin. You know, for the person who likes to see things and they see things differently. There's a gifting for that. You need people who can imagine that when somebody sees a, a pile of junk, somebody else can see a masterpiece. There's a blessing in that. And so the last thing I want you to agree with me is this. If you want to today say, God, either I know my gift or I don't, but I want to surrender to your will and your purpose for me. And right now, I want you to just say surrender. And I don't care how you spell it because I probably couldn't spell it if somebody asked me to do it. You could just write an S and I know that you are in agree with me today. I surrender to use what I have today to glorify you, God, in everything that I am and everything that I do and everything about me. I want my yes on the table because today I surrender to use what I have. Oh, look at somebody. I don't know if that's right. I'm going to just assume it is because I don't know how to spell surrender. See, and I'm not even ashamed that I don't know how to spell surrender. It's coming up the same way. So that must be the correct way. But I want you to surrender to that today. And if you don't know where to begin, Get Naked With God Challenge is a great place if you want to join us. But if not, and you're not on the email list, it's never too late to join. Use what you have and surrender. Dear God, we thank you so much today for reminding us of the importance of understanding to use what we have for your purpose in our lives. Dear God, I pray that no one will shrink anymore or be ashamed of what they feel like you're calling them to or what they really enjoy doing. And they can't translate that into understanding how is that a gift to be glorified and to connect and build up the kingdom. Dear God, I pray that you give them new awareness right now. For those who've agreed to come with us corporately as we go into this Get Naked With God experience, I thank you for them. And for those who choose not to, but wanna go another way, dear God, I thank you for them also. I thank you for anybody who's saying, Lord, I just need to know you and I want you to use me. I don't wanna neglect the gift. I want my gift to make room for me. And I understand that there is a responsibility that too much is given, much is required. And right now, I don't even know what I can give. But even if it's just that little bit, dear God, I pray that they realize and recognize today that their little bit is enough. That's all you're asking for is a surrender and a yes and amen. God, you are a good God who is worthy to be served. And dear God, I thank you so much for reminding me today of the importance of us to use what we have. I thank you, God. And to you be the glory. Hey, everybody. Have a great, great day. I'm telling you, I'm still, this is the day that the Lord, I think that's a, that is Fred Hammond. I said that one yesterday. It was Fred Hammond because I was listening to it in the shower. So have a great day because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Have a good day, everybody. God bless you and have a good one. Bye-bye.